everyone needs to appreciate that it is a pattern of behavior. So when something happens and we react to it, we are reacting in a pattern. Some people, that pattern is the same all the time. You know this, we know people that go, oh yeah, you can imagine how they're going to react. Even that sentence says a lot about how that person shows up in the world. Hello, this is Dr. Rowe. Completely different generations tackle the most challenging topics that people are facing today. The mission is to provide you with what you need in order to create a turning point in your life now. Above all else, the main reason that we chose to create these shows is because we both have a passion for helping people go through life transformation, for improving their lives, for taking their lives to a completely different level. And it's our hope our genuine, sincere hope that by the end of each of these episodes, you will have gained at least one insight which you can take away and apply directly into your life. Practical tools, voices that come from both generations, younger generation with tips and tools, older generation with a sense of wisdom and experience. So you can help unlock your true potential to give you the opportunity to make changes both on a personal, professional, financial and relationship level to give you a chance to impact both your life and the lives of other people around you. So we welcome you. We welcome you to The Cicado Show. Before we jump into the show, let me just tell you a little bit about becoming a Cicado supporter now. If you love what we do on the show, have gained transformational insights and positive outcomes or any small shifts which have allowed you to create turning points in your life, then please head to cicado.com and become a supporter of the show now. By supporting the show, we can continue to expand by getting you better quality production, spending more time deep diving important topics and creating more exclusive supporter perks as well as getting great guests on. And by the way, as a thank you for becoming a supporter and depending on which supporter tier you select at cicado.com, these perks range from my weekly recipe for success emails through to audios and video courses from my 23 steps to success, which includes online modules on how to find your life balance, gaining confidence, improving your time management, making successful career transitions, understanding financial independence, creating a life purpose, understanding and how to manage your money, becoming a money master, understanding negotiation techniques, learning to communicate more effectively, and so much more. So don't delay. It takes less than two minutes and you can become a Cicado supporter, helping to expand the show and get special perks as a thank you. Become a supporter now at cicado.com. Let's get back to the show. Hello, it's Harms here and welcome to another episode of the Cicado show. Before we get into this show, let me set the scene for you. It's fair to say that over the last 12 months, maybe a bit longer, and for some of you, maybe for a very long time, you've had a feeling of being knocked around. You've had a feeling of, you know, your world has been rocked. If you imagine being on a ship, the ship is rocky, the waters are rocky, the the waves are choppy. That's what the last 12 months has been. And like I've said, for some people, it may have been longer. And what that creates in many of us is this feeling of emotional vulnerability. But how that actually shows up is in the form of emotions, in the form of feelings. We'll talk about that later in the podcast. But what's important and what defines our day 
our week, our year, our next five years, our next 10 years is how we respond to those choppy waters, to the rocky environment, to being knocked around. You know, if you imagine yourself with your back to the, to the wall, uh, if you're a boxer against the ropes, how do you respond and how do you fight back? How do you regain the way in which you respond? That's what we're talking about today. So now I've set the scene, I want to hand over to Ro, who is no doubt excited to talk about this subject. So Ro, over to you to talk about what exactly we'll be honing in on today. Yeah, this is great. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another one of the Cicado Show podcast. Thank you for joining us. We are always eternally grateful to have our listeners and I think this is a subject that we both felt was important because, as you just mentioned there, being thrown around by the storm, there are so many people that right now feel like their life is an effect of what has happened to them. And I think we both felt this is a great subject to tackle. So today really is about how do you respond to the circumstances around you? Mm. But we'll start maybe by talking about how have you been responding? And that comes down to emotional reaction harm. So, you know, we've gone through COVID as we're recording this. A lot of people have been furloughed. Other people have lost jobs. People have lost members of their family. Um, Other people's relationships have broken up. Other people feel like the goals that they set a year, two years ago have suddenly been knocked out of the park, moved aside, and their aspirations just crushed and any number of other things as well. And so my, my personal observation is that I think people are starting to move into a, an emotional place. And I say people, I mean, a large percentage of the population are feeling like they are a victim of what's happened and to some extent almost powerless. So I'd like us to talk into that space, but maybe bring a few analogies in and, and talk about some ways to tackle that. It's a, If you're listening to this and you're thinking, I kind of feel like that myself, then this is going to be a great podcast for you. If you don't feel like that, Listen to it anyway, because it might be that there's times when it does happen to you, or you may know somebody around you think, actually, I might be able to help somebody, guide them or get them to listen to this. Agree, Ro. And I think sometimes you may not even be aware that it's happening. True. So as part of our all of our podcasts here at The Cicado Show is, uh, I, I like to think it's bringing awareness to new ways to just be, I guess, emotionally developed. Yeah. I guess that might be a term. Uh, you know, we've had guests on. Sometimes when those guests are talking about a subject, you know, one comes to mind, the wonderful lady who spoke about helping teenagers go through, especially females, go through a a course, uh, a rite of passage. You know, I was just not aware that that existed. Some of you might have listened to that actually podcast. That was with Kim, wasn't it? Kim McCabe. With Kim McCabe. Uh, I'm just trying to think which one that was, but have a listen, go back and look at that because that was, both of us were like really fascinated by what we were taking away from that. And the idea and, and the message I want to get across, Ro, is if you're listening to this podcast and you may not have you know, resonated with the initial message, you may, as we go through this, uh, because we've got some fantastic examples. Uh, I know we were talking before the podcast that we want to bring to the table. It's all about awareness. It works at every level, mm. sport, professionalism, business, relationships. Uh, this conversation about how as human beings we react to that which happens to us it, it, it starts at the year dot when we're born and it carries on right till we whatever age i think as people get older their model of the world changes and so their perception of a situation is very different my if, if i if i was to sit here with the 25 year old me 30 years ago i know if i was put in front of a set of circumstances 
I can always know how I'd have reacted back then mm-hmm. to now. So there's wisdom here as well with years and also it'd be good for you to come from the point of view of, you know, this youthful energy that you bring to the table is different, how different people circumstances and how they react. So that, that's probably worth tackling as well, actually, that, that the shift that happens as you get older, because very much, po- you know, this podcast is about that generational gap as well that happens. Okay. So where do we start this row? Gosh, I think a good place to start would be to maybe look at how we show up. So how we react to circumstances and, I mean, to try and help define that, somebody can be thrown into a situation and whilst one person reacts in a very happy way, another person can get depressed. Somebody else might get angry. Somebody else might get joyful. Somebody else might feel frustrated uh, uh, whilst somebody else just thinks, oh, so what? I mean, that's just how it is. Mm. I think we need to talk about initially those negatively geared energies, those frustrational pushback energies and what they are. So, I mean, George, shall I name a few? Is yeah, that- if, if you name a few, then uh, that might prompt you know some examples. Cause I'm thinking about the way a business owner would react, a way a parent would react to certain news, how you get certain news delivered. You know, the reality is we've all had, like you said, a negatively geared media outlet for I yeah. guess for a long time, but yeah, yeah. even more so in the last twelve months, concentrated around yeah. a specific topic. As you said, we're recording this uh, when COVID is around, but. You know, if it's not COVID, it's something else. Yeah. It's an election. If it's not an election, it's some kind of scandal. If it's not scandal, it's something to do with the royal family, whatever it is. Well, ironically, <laughs> this year we've had all of that, haven't we? We've, we've had, had all COVID, that. we've had the royal family <laughs> with Harry, et cetera. And then, of course, we had the American elections and even currently in this country, what's going on. So I think mm. it's always going on. You're absolutely right. Uh, uh, probably a way to look at this is to pick, let me pick a word. But I think even before we do this, actually, it's just come to mind listening to you as you were talking is... Everyone needs to appreciate that it is a pattern of behavior. So when something happens and we react to it, we are reacting in a pattern. Some people, that pattern is the same all the time. You can almost, you know, this. we know people that go, oh yeah, you can imagine how they're going to react. Even that sentence says a lot about how that person shows up in the world. So anyone listening to this that is either frustrated or angry, we'll come to these in a minute, or feeling like, I feel hopeless. Just bear in mind that you have developed that pattern. You, as in the listener, I have a certain set of reactions that I have to certain circumstances, as do you. As you get older and maybe more emotionally developed, you learn to be aware of that. And by putting a spotlight on it, it gives us a chance to ask questions of ourselves and say, do I need to react differently? We were just talking about Formula One, and I think it'd be great to go into that space today. Because when I look at a you know, a guy that's under 20 years of age or in their early 20s driving around a car that can go 200 miles an hour and their lack of performance, how they react on the back of that. You compare that to a 30-year-old that's been racing for 10 years and their behavior and response to that one race would be very different. I've been training a, a speaker just recently. I explained to him that, you know, when you start this, as a speaker, you put yourself in the front line. That means criticism, people not liking you, mm. people, you know, you know, if you're selling, like sometimes we run events where we offer people a chance to go and do further education and offering those things, you're seen to be a salesperson or somebody doesn't like your style of delivery. And the conversation, he's uh, 30 years of age. And the conversation was about three months ago. I said, you're going to have to develop a thick skin. And he said, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think I'll be fine with that. About a week ago, he said, I'm laughing. He's laughing. He said, I'm laughing because, you know, I realize how quickly I reacted to people's comments 
messages coming up on the Zoom call, took it personally, mm. didn't sleep properly, processed a lot. And so that 29, 30-year-old first-time speaking conversation would be very different if I met him in 10, 15 years' time. Yeah. So we can change our patterns. I think that's the main message I want to share here. Is- so, so a question off the back of that. So one of my questions would be, firstly, as you've mentioned there, can you change the pattern? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the second is, if you don't change the pattern, can you reinforce it to the point where it becomes extremely difficult to change? Because, yeah. because you know, like you said, that person who always reacts in the way that, uh, you know, oh, we know how they're going to react. Uh, you know, classic examples is when kids are having a discussion. Oh, should we tell mom and dad? Should we tell mom and dad? Oh, no, no, let's tell mom because we know dad is going to react in that certain way. Well, That's, okay. So has that become, you know, reinforced over years and years and years? Oh, gosh. Because yeah. in theory, you, you know, in theory, as we get older, we'd hoped that we get wiser, but it's not always the case. No, in fact, yeah. you've hit on a really important point, which is some people aren't even consciously aware that it is a form of behavior. So Understood. from the basis that every human being has an identity, which is formed at a young age, but then becomes reinforced in the same way the tree rings on a tree, get thicker and thicker and thicker, and the bark becomes thicker and thicker. After a while, that tree is Im- immovable. But if mm-hmm. we go back to a certain point, we could have re-bent it, we could have straightened it up, whatever. There's a point where a bent tree at the wrong angle after so many years, you just can't physically change it. That is to some extent true of a human being if they don't want to be changed. Mm-hmm. So the first, the re- really the first point of contact is awareness. I mean, when I wrote the Turning Point book, I think it's the first page, I've talked about this before in other podcasts, but the first step to transformation is awareness and any form of transformation. So the answer is yes. And actually, as you were speaking there, you saw me writing something down there. Maybe before we bre- uh, come back to this, I'm going to, I've just written down break pattern and then change behavior. I think we should tackle that as a wrap up to this particular podcast. Fantastic. Cause I'd love to leave the listeners with, okay, how do we do that? Yeah. Because we've highlighted something incredibly important here, which is, you know, if something happens, i.e. a set of circumstances, and yeah. the way you respond to that may be in anger, frustration, feeling yeah. of hopelessness. Um, and we'll tackle some of those. If that's the way you react and respond, is that the way I'm always going to react it, and respond? Exactly. And that's who I am. Yeah. Why is that a problem? That's, that's who, who I am. am. But we just don't see the impact that has on other people. So, so, so let me give you an example. But, but this is crucial as well. Yeah. J- 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 hold on to that thought. So, so actually, even on a personal level, conversation with my daughter and my fiance this week, I reacted to something and they both like looked at me and I, I hadn't, and my 12 year old was saying, oh, but daddy, you did it this way and you said this. I hadn't really thought about it like that. And it's because it's so wired into our system that when we do something that we are so familiar with to us, that's how it is. Mm. Sorry to break the pattern of what you're saying there, but I just wanted to make a point to anyone listening to this. If you are, well, to be honest, if you're over 25, 30, you've already got thick patterns. If you're 40 and above, you may be doing things right now and reacting a certain way and just feeling, well, that's how it is. And that's my life. That's bullshit. Everything can change. It can change quickly as well. Uh, so, so the point, actually, you've, you've, you've laid the foundation here for sort of the next stage. And the point I was going to make is if we don't, because yeah. we, we've mentioned, you know, yeah. if we don't, reform these patterns change the the way the tree is growing if we don't identify this is happening in us especially as you said when you get 25 30 40 it only gets stronger the pattern only gets thicker like it just turns into a rock yeah how do we you know if if we don't become aware to this what's the consequences how does how does this play out so if you talk about consequences, that will depend to some extent on what the emotional reaction is. So if you want to broaden that, the consequences could be it affects relationship, 
intimate one or your relationship with your kids worse still your kids become a, a modeler of your behavior so which is the actually, most scary, which is yeah. the most common thing probably you go oh, you're just like your parents yeah well that's not a good thing necessarily if your parents had a certain habit of mm. reacting in a not such an you know it's about empowering reactions and as much as we all want to have that it is human nature sometimes just to, to revert to feeling frustrated angry pissed off a victim or whatever and that's a safe place to go that may not be the most life-changing place to go but it's certainly a safe place for a lot of people but what if your kids follow that so the consequences on our children you know what does it do to customers how how what if your business is struggling not because actually you haven't got a good business model but the way you conduct yourself or the way you react circumstances around your customers or your employees what if you've got a high transition rate of employees in your company and you're wondering why what if it's you consequences there what if the aspirations and goals and dreams that you set you could have achieved them but somehow you triggered yourself in a way that the circumstances made you say oh that's we can't do that we're gonna to have to find a different path go a different route or whatever so you never made the choices necessary or made the steps or did this decision making to move you forward because circumstances around you chose you literally felt forced into another door it can affect every single area of our lives. Yeah. And the worst thing is to be, you know, get to my age and go, fuck, I regret this. And I don't think anyone listening to this wants this. So it's actually quite an important podcast in that respect. Agreed. Particularly now as it's so easy to coast off the back of COVID and go, oh, well, let's just see what happens. I think that's the thing I'm worried about is people using that phrase, let's see what happens. Well, that's actually somebody giving the power over to somebody else. Yeah. And that's kind of an apathetic emotional reaction to circumstances. It's like manana. Let's wait and see what happens. Let's see what happens. And if, you know, if we look at, you know, we're both business owner, owners, you mentioned business. If we look at it in the business context, how many businesses responded? And, and when I say businesses, it's the leadership and it's the people yeah. within the businesses. How many of them responded over the last 12 months and said, this is the end that, you know, it's time to give up or let's just completely rely on the government or whatever the circumstances. And I say this and I appreciate this is a weird time. So just, I think, look at this at the higher level context, but then how many pivoted, how many business owners said, this is an opportunity yeah. versus this is a block. And that's the way they responded. And then they, by saying this is an opportunity, they reframed that external circumstance, which was out of their control. Yeah. And reframed it into the point of view, okay, well, this is a new door that's opened. And I mentioned a word there, which is reframe. And I was yeah. hoping you'd talk about that because hopefully the consequences, the listeners have felt that. Hopefully listening yeah. at home, you felt the fact that, okay, if you've got a pattern, firstly, what they've, what's happened so far is they've, aware, they've become aware that they may have a pattern. Yeah. And I want to I want to pick those patterns up before we look at the reframe, if that's all okay, right. Okay, let's do that. So so we've talked about consequences. So let's pick out your classics. Mm. And, and if this resonates, great. But if, if none of these resonate, just think about a reaction or an emotional feeling you have to something that happens to you. That's the best way to do it. So let's play the classic one is anger. So I'm angry with the school because they wouldn't let my child in. I'm angry with the government because they've locked us down and I can't get out and do mm. what I want to do. I'm angry because I've lost my job. I'm angry with my wife because she doesn't listen to me. I'm angry with my husband because he was unfaithful to me. I'm angry with my kids because they don't listen to me uh, when I tell them to do this. In other words, in what might be a normal circumstance for you and I, someone else gets completely pissed off and angry. Their face goes into a state of frustration. Yeah. And we see this. If I stand in front of an audience and I talk about a subject, how many times have you seen somebody literally get frustrated 
and lose their top. While somebody else is sitting there laughing, going, oh, I love this. This yeah. is brilliant. This is so true what he's saying. That was that was amazing. I get that. That's, that's uh, Thanks I'll, for the insight. Thanks for the insight. Uh, hilarious point. The other person is turning red. Yeah, like, literally. Uh, you know, I, I've physically seen people shaking the audience. Yeah. Uh, I've seen people storm uh, out. Stop, close up, close yeah. off, look out the window. Yeah. We've, we've seen people explode. We've yeah. Seen, yeah. You know, we've seen it. We've seen uh, verbal, explosions, verbal explosions. Nothing physical, but certainly verbal. So every single human being reacts to a set of circumstances based on the frame that operates in their model of the world. In NLP terms, it's referred to as their model of the world, which means under these circumstances, when I see this situation, I it's like a computer program. I do this. I feel that. I sense that. My, my physiology does this. And then I verbalize this. Syntax is another word they use for it. And other people will do it in a different sequence. And it, it, it becomes a pattern, a macro level or a big level. Often a person that's angry can be angry if they get go into a toilet and they're bursting to go to the toilet and all the cubicles are full. Whereas somebody else might go, oh my gosh, I really need to go to the toilet. Somebody else goes, fuck it, I'm really I'm pissed off yeah, about that. Yeah, yeah. That same person that gets peed off, literally peed off, <laughs> peed off um, in a toilet because the cubicle's full will equally get angry if, um, I don't know, they go to their bank account and, they, and they're they not making as much interest as they expected. Or something happens in their company where they don't get a pay rise they want. Every set of circumstances they experience, they react exactly the same way. And I think it's the same for most of these emotions we're going to talk about. But anger, because it's a, a lighter fuel ignition one, it's very much a quick one to spot. Yeah. More, than fr- more so than frustration, actually. Yeah, because you mentioned... That's a hot one. That's evident. You yeah. know, you know, if I if I was standing in the bathroom with yourself in the in the public toilets and I would physically see you yeah, getting yeah, mad. Yeah. You know, you'd be muttering on your voice, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe banging, whatever, whatever somebody and, would do and when you they can get angry. See it, can't you? you see these people just getting wound up. Exactly. Um and it's not anxiety, which is different. It is actually physically um, and the question I've got is what the fuck are you angry at? You are you angry at the toilet? Are you angry at the toilet cubicle? Are you angry at the people that own the toilets, run the toilets, manage the toilets? <laughs> Are you angry that it happens to be at that moment in time in history? There's there's an, an infinite number of possibilities that could have happened. There happened to be at that moment a certain number of people more than you in the toilet. I mean, it could be any number of any freaking number of things, things. And yet that person's angry. At what? At, at what? And it's nearly always actually an internal issue. <laughs> and, the, and the way in which they're responding as part of that pattern you've just described. Yeah. So what we're saying, where is that pattern can be applied to something which is not so evident. Like you said, frustration, the feeling of hopelessness. You know, if somebody criticizes you, you go inwards Yeah. and you go quiet. So it's another way people just go silent on themselves. Uh, I don't know what the best word to describe that is, but when a certain topic comes up, they're not, they just sort of blank that out that they become blind to that i don't want to i don't want to talk about that you know closing them off self from a certain topic so shut down yeah shut down that's I mean, a great way but to things describe like it. angry one of the probably the most pop common places you see it is outside of like the household is driving how people react to it's a big one a driver in front of them a driving behind them somebody pulls out a roundabout you know overtakes etc and then you get road rage so uh, this is an awareness part of the podcast is just like making people aware of what these emotional reactions yeah. are. So that's one. And we've seen the big reaction to COVID, of course, this last year. Frustration, you mentioned that word there. Frustration is a different one altogether. So think about this. If you're listening to this, think about the time. Did you get frustrated because you were standing in a queue? You weren't angry 
as such, because anger is almost like a higher, um, in terms of vibration, it's a higher frequency than frustration. So yeah. it's kind of the outlet of frustration, but sat underneath the surface of that, underneath the anger is frustration. And that's a brewing feeling of like, I just want to move beyond this, but it's not quite anger. It's, it's like a agitation, more, it's, yeah, it's, irritation. It's a, yeah. a more contained reaction. So you might, somebody might argue, oh, I'm a bit more emotionally developed. I, don't, I never get angry. Yeah, but you're constantly frustrated. Mm. And that's uh, an interesting distinction. It's very rarely talked about, but actually if you think about it, an angry person is like a pressure cooker letting off. A frustrating person could probably harbor more illness in their body because they never quite let it out. It's like yeah. the lid is on and it's strapped up and they're just, bubbling underneath and so there could be a frustration with your partner but you never say anything about it so it just goes on for years or your kids you're frustrated because they don't listen to you instead of letting it out and having a conversation even if it starts off angry and shifting that we'll talk about this later that the frustration just builds up and builds up and it bubbles up in the career you're not getting the pay rises you're not getting respected i'm sure you saw it in your career as well with other people maybe in yourself so that frustration at some point has to go somewhere Anger needs to go somewhere to turn it into something more powerful. Frustration needs to go somewhere. I think frustration is a, at the moment, a huge one globally. Yeah. Why? Because we're in this simmering pot. Last year, the frustration was at less a 10 is maximum. It was like a two or a three. When COVID hit, oh, this is frustrating, isn't it? We can't get out. Now it's hitting. When you get to about eight, nine, 10, then you're into anger zone. Now in anger zone. So if you think about it like that. What's interesting about frustration is, is that it can, like you said, it simmers, it, but what happens is it starts to react. You start to react in a way of frustration to anything and everything. Whereas anger, there's certain things and you just, oh, you just explode. Like you said, you let yeah. off steam. Whereas frustration, it could be literally anything. So the drive home would make you annoyed. Yeah. The traffic will make you annoyed. Yeah. Um, the fact that, I don't know, your partner parked in your parking space will it's, get, make you annoyed. It's a compounding emotion, actually. Yes. As is anger, but anger, once it goes, it's almost like it's a lost, you've got no control of it. It's like a fire that spreads. Yeah. Whereas what you're, you're that's a good analogy you're talking about. It's like a compounding, you're putting more and more on it. And there are, there's a point where, and it's usually, if it was out of 10, it'd be like an eight where it can actually switch to anger. Yeah. So you don't even get to 10 on frustration because now you're on, you're actually at the point of anger. And with frustration, it's very difficult to know what the source was. You know, you know what my frustration, just like anger, what am I angry about? Yeah. Frustration. Well, Where did this start? Mm, that's an interesting point. The tr okay, it's from a coach's perspective mm. in all these years, it actually, it's never about anything that's around you. It's always about something that internally you're frustrated yeah. with. Maybe you were unsuccessful in a career that you went into and you've bounced around for a long time. Maybe a relationship didn't work, another one, another one, and you, you're frustrated internally about the fact that you never can quite get it right. Maybe you make as much money as your friends or you're frustrated because you never quite got to, the, to that success level you wanted and so what happens is all roads lead to one generalized frustration in life yeah and so it's just channeled there actually interesting so that's frustration that's something which is less visible than anger but it shows up in a different prolonged way i've mentioned a few other phrases what would be say another example of something which yeah. is more invisible yeah good point yeah. i like the invisible reference you made earlier so the, these two that we talked about I, I i guess we're bringing them up because they're incredibly common and there's other, there's other grades all the way through this. But if we went and switched to one of those invisible ones you talked about, probably the most important one is powerlessness or a, another word for it might be victim. Notice the difference, even how that feels. Yes. If I said you're a victim, somebody goes, I'm not a bloody victim. Yeah. If I say you're powerless, you go, yeah, yeah, I feel powerless. Well, that's kind of the same language mm. because what both those people are saying is this is not my fault. I'm not in control of this. This happened to me. I am powerless. A victim might say it a slightly different way, but actually it's the same emotion. So 
this quiet feeling of powerlessness comes through constant conversations about uh, I've just not been able to make any changes in my life because the minute you hear yeah. because oh my boss said this my wife said this my husband said this it's because of the kids financially I'm in a difficult place because of this but they don't pay me enough money it's always about them and the easiest way to spot it is when immediately people talk about external how external things have affected where they are now meaning I'm just this boat on the ocean you talked about why are you in this position in the ocean oh it's nothing to do with me i was just blown here by the wind i was bobbed around by the storm yep. yeah but you've got a you've got a rudder there haven't you and you've got you've got sails so i guess you you've been steering it no i didn't steer it you know, I, I, in fact you know what happened i got hit by a wave i got sort of knocked sideways and then i couldn't control the rudder and then this happened mm. so there's they default to powerlessness or victim I, I like the word victim because i think it's quite a hard i'll use it if I want to piss somebody off to get them to break their state. Uh, but if I'm not in that place and I'm coaching somebody, I'll just talk about, I get a sense that you feel almost powerless and they go, yeah, yeah I feel powerless. Yeah. But then I'll slowly occasionally drop the victim word in and you can, I want to see their reaction. Cause if we can get them to react angry, anger, actually, oddly enough, there's a thing called the scale of consciousness. And um, there's a great book called power versus force. And this is by Dr. David Hawkins. And, Anger actually vibrationally has a higher sense of vibrational frequency than powerlessness because at least you're having to channel a feeling of anger towards somebody else. Yeah. So by getting somebody pissed off, it actually moves them away from victim to now being angry towards me. At least I can do something with the anger. It's very hard, like a river just meandering really slowly in a valley. It's really hard to direct that. But if you take them up the side of the mountain, get them cutting enough speed. That's anger. It's like, what do I do with that anger? Whereas we've got to change that state of apathy, which is another good word for victimization. It's uh, like, let me just do fuck yes. all right now because actually I'm a victim. I can't do anything. You can. No, no, you don't understand. I can't. And that will become their, that will be like their flag. They just wave around all the time. I would say if there's a word that sits under hopelessness or victim, would be that apathy. That's, yes. the, that's a truly invisible one where yeah. somebody just checks out. It's yeah. like, oh, I'll just wait, like you said, we'll see what happens. But looping back to what you said there in that coaching scenario, just for reference for listeners who are coaches, are at a higher level of awareness, you mentioned previously about breaking the pattern. Mm. So when you're having that conversation with somebody, what you're aiming to do is break exactly. their normal pattern, yeah. which is you know, which is getting closer to where we want you, either listener, to start to understand what skills and tools you can do for yourself. Yeah. So is that fair to say? What, exactly. what are you trying to do is break their pattern? I mean, yeah, if, if you go back to the river, it's like rechanneling it, blocking something, but then suddenly narrowing down. Like think of a river that's really wide. It moves slowly and it moves and it, and it meanders. Mm. If you suddenly block that river, in other words, you break the pattern, but you give that river another outlet, like a mini dam, but off to the left-hand side, there's this tiny little funnel. Everything suddenly picks up speed. It forces pace and all you're doing with that is you're breaking the pattern and getting to refocus so we'll talk a little bit later about how somebody can do that for themselves but actually coach a good coach anyway has the ability to to, to step in and do that as long as they're not afraid to challenge the person so i think, I think we've raised some good ones we talked about anger and frustration at one end of the spectrum then we talked about those invisible emotional reactions you talked about which is i think a great lead into victimization or feeling powerlessness and there's a whole bunch of other ones in between to be honest there's a lot there. if anyone's listening to this if you said, well, okay, I get those and I have some of those, but there's other ones I get. Just simply ask yourself the question. If you gave it a label, 
next time something happens to you, mm. you hear a news announcement, you come in or your wife, your husband says something, or you find yourself emotionally getting stirred up and it's not particularly positive, give it a word and it will fall, it, it'll ha- it'll fall into five or six key words yeah. that most people tend to feel. Uh, and often if you're feeling a certain way, it, they're destructive. You know, yeah. everything we've spoken about, the anger, the frustration, uh, words that may play out, which are quite common in the way, you know, just talking from a younger generation, the way social media drives a certain emotional reaction, it creates jealousy, it creates envy, it creates this feeling of, oh, I would love to live that life. That's a better life than I'm living. Then you end up in a different place. Talk to us about that for a minute. So I think you just picked on a really important point, actually. Again, I mean, your view on this, but I, I think someone that's younger has that fieriness, whereas I know for me, certainly I see certain circumstances and I don't have any sense of frustration or anger. It's almost like, yeah, I've seen this before. So, you know, my level of reaction is different to somebody who's 20 years younger than me. What do you think the feeling right now is amongst uh, that younger generation with the world circumstances as they are? What do you think the, if you could put uh, some words against the underlying vibe that's out there, what is it? Is, is it all negative? Is it all positive? Is there a mixture? But you know, if there were reactionary words, what would they be? Okay, that's a great question, Ro. I think if we look at it, you know, from two sides of the coin, there's always there's always the context of there's amazing, phenomenal people out there who already understand this and already have an awareness of this, and they respond and react in the way that let's turn whatever we are seeing right now into an opportunity, into a way that we can do good, do magic, create light. But that doesn't make a good news story and that doesn't create a great social media environment because as we know, most things are driven or most attention is captured Mm. by a negative feeling. Uh, The best example, a real life example is when you're driving down the motorway, the the rubbernecking scenario, there's an accident. It causes hours and hours worth of delay on on the motorway because people just want to see, ah, what's happening there? And it's you know, often people will stop to see a negative scenario versus a positive situation happening because there's amazing positive stuff happening around us all the time. Yeah. But the negative is what just sucks us in, true, uh, true. you know, just human nature wise. And the companies play on this. So when I say companies, I mean the social media, media companies that sort of dictate what information is put well, so, out there. Soap offers have thrived on it for years so because that, that, that last hanging two minutes of a soap is like something shocking or negative or whatever. And often they're, they're finished on a, a shock, an angry action. Somebody walks in and finds his wife in the soap opera, opera in bed with somebody else or somebody else gets told and the person's dead or there's been a loss of a job. Mm. And then you get that hanging emotional response and, and they thrive off that because people want to come back. It's addictive. It's addictive. And the best examples, if you're listening in the UK, is you know the EastEnders, the Coronation Streets, the Emmerdales. Every person in that show's story is built on suffering. Their story is built on a negative chain of events. Now, this is what's fueling most people who are flicking through their newsfeed. And yeah. we know a large part of the younger generation are flicking through their newsfeed, which means words, you, you know, mentioned what words are flying out. I would say the biggest and the strongest is apathy. Because what I feel is people have become Mm. just numb to everything they're seeing, Uh, whether something crazy is happening on the other side of the world, whether there's, you know, 
a lack of is it is it an apathy and indifference or indifference or both i think they're both separate words i think right, it's right, a really right, good word there to right. to help differentiate those yeah. apathy is you know i've just you know i don't really care right you know i don't i don't care it's not it's not relevant to me you know let me let me put my next tv show on and, and get my next dopamine hit as such yeah indifference is or numbness is i've seen this so much this is just how the world is right uh, which means you know, you're living in those two spaces. Then there's those that get annoyed. They get angry. They get fired up. Mm. And, but how, what they do with that, you know, what we've spoken about previously in, yeah. in the early part of this podcast, what they do with that anger is key. You've yeah, got yeah, some yeah. who go and make change. We've seen some incredible movements True. this year, the Black Lives Matter movement, yeah. some amazing climate movements. What they do with that anger and that frustration and annoyance is, is, is a different way in which they respond versus I get angry and that turns into hate. Yeah. So, so a big thing that we've seen ac- across the board is, is genuinely hate. People are turning these emotions that we've spoken into, into hate for other human beings. Yeah. I mean, it's one we haven't picked up on and actually it almost sits above anger. It's, it's, it's horrible in terms of its re- response, but you're right. Mm. And it's anger, hate, combined together look at the u.s elections and yeah. bloody hell the capital being stormed that's unbelievable in it, history of- it, it's it's the way somebody's responded and, and yeah. they've escalated that that feeling yeah so i've spoken about the amazing stuff but the, so if you, you know you ask the question i think that's where we're at um, that's interesting because you talked about indifference and apathy so somebody my age who watches the same set of circumstances that you described there would probably react not indifferent, but I would say compassionate is probably a good word, meaning they would go, oh my gosh, I've, I've been here before. And I've, and they would have a slightly different reaction. It wouldn't be like, oh, you know, this washes over me. I've had too much of this. They would, I think the older generation still maintain the compassion as opposed to the indifference, mm. but they just may not react to it because they've seen it before. They may compassionately want to contribute, give money to charity, whatever. My feeling is that, that my generation still maintain a level of connection with it. Whereas I think you're right because we're not literally constantly looking at this social media space. We still can differentiate between the highs and the lows emotionally. Yes. Whereas you're talking about this numbness, this like whitewash. Uh, I can't differentiate emotionally now. It's like, and I've I think, too much of it now. I think fundamentally your generation has seen before the internet age yeah and everything was real touch feel if something happened locally you know crime negative yeah. it was a big deal you'd feel it yeah you would feel it uh, yeah. you'd feel the family you would feel uh, you know what they're going through you'll feel whatever's happening in the community whereas now we have access to everything yeah all information and as humans and certainly my generation who my my age group is probably the last to experience what you felt yeah but true. now we have a generation who only know this yeah so are they feeling anything yeah. based on, you know, h- how many things can you well, feel also, within 10 minutes? And not only that, <laughs> how do they know what their feeling is real or not? Because everything's so bloody virtual, virtual now. digital. They're not actually having the experience of it. They're observing the experience of it through a media, which is then distorted even further through somebody yeah. else's camera, which is then edited and certain factors are being taken out. So it's not even like the actual experience of it, and- which is bizarre Bizarre. and it's all all designed to evoke these emotions and entertain right and keep us hooked and then social media then look at what we do our behavior and then start to then just feed us that and reinforce it it's like putting fuel on the fire Uh, fuel on the fire but my big fascination with all of this is you know we spoke about you know you feel an emotion and a part of that emotion we go through this pattern 
and then we respond. Whether it's negative or positive, we'll get to that as uh, as we get to the close of the podcast. But if somebody's flicking through their newsfeed, they're going to see something which will evoke anger, happiness, yeah. frustration, sadness, and genuinely, how how can you f- how can as as a human being feel all of those things within the space of five seconds, yeah. five seconds, five seconds? So at what point does the the body or the mind start saying? So this goes back to the storm. You know, mm. you get hit by a wave on the left hand side, and suddenly you go, "Oh my god!" And you look up, and boom, it hits you on the bow, and then yeah. suddenly from the back, and you just tossed around. You said the word sadness. I think it's one. That's one more for us to add to our list. So we've got an anger, frustration, hopelessness, victim. But actually, sitting somewhere just above that is this sad, where people literally constantly are sad. Yeah. So they're sad by the news. I'm really saddened by. Did you hear about so and so? It's so sad, and it's you can hear it. In that, it's literally in their sentence yeah. structure all the time. And there's nothing wrong with being sad because it's it's an emotion which all of us feel at some point. But when it's attached to virtually any experience that is quite different, negative, or you know, if there's a tsunami, it's it's tragic. We know that. Yeah. And that's an extreme example of where you could feel extremely saddened and also compassionate for the families. But equally somebody, oh, like, you know, my, my cats, my, my neighbor's lost their cat. It's so sad. It's sad, but the cat might come back. Or, you know, my friend of mine, yeah, he got a hole in his shoe the other day and I was, it was really sad to see him. He was walking back. I felt so sad because when I got back and that's, that, have you heard, you know, you hear yeah, it, don't you? Yeah, they add that yeah. word into every sentence. Yeah. Everything becomes sad. And so if you think about it, that whole identity attached to that, it gives you a very low vibrational frequency. There's nothing joyous about that experience. Yes. So that's just another example without people even realizing it. And they go, shit, I didn't realize it. That's so true. I do say that. So it's, get, it's getting the mirror out and saying, okay, what is the word I attach to the experience I have of the world? That's mm. probably a good way to put it. Word that I attach to the experience that I have of the world, world in any one situation. Yeah. And there's nearly always one or two common ones. Yes. And for a victim, it's pretty much that. Every, even even in a positive situation, I go, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but you know what? Yeah, but I, this happened to me before, and blah, 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 blah. you know, it's that kind of, and and there's, I mean, we occasionally will have those, like yeah, lockdowns been knocked down the road a month, for example, just recently, and there was a bit of a frustrated conversation yeah, between was, the two yeah. of us, and it was like, why are they doing? It? But then we just passed over it and went, fuck it, you know, we're just gonna we're gonna get on with life anyway. Yeah. But other people will just get, they'll go into a state of almost semi depression. Yeah. It, oh, it, it it becomes it becomes so reinforcing, but the, but the pattern continues. The pattern continues. The pattern continues. So I guess Rome. Well, in that case, on that theme, I mean, I, I rewrote this down earlier on. I, I just highlighted it actually because we have notes sometimes with us. We just like to pick up on things. You talked about consequences. Yeah, I thought that was a brilliant point to make. One of the things, and I think it's probably you know it was one of the catches in in the title for the podcast. But Formula One. I, we talk about sport, don't we, a lot? And, and we love we love looking at different people that perform. But Formula One is one of those areas where it is such an extreme sport that if your mindset is even like 1% off, yeah. we're talking split seconds, split seconds. aren't we? Split seconds, 200 mile an hour racing. It, it completely can shift your performance to the point where, you know, we've seen almost deaths this year in the Formula One. So uh, we talked about this prior to the podcast. And we were talking about the different performances. So I, I, I made some notes here for those of you listening. And some of you might follow it. Some of you may not. I think myself and Harms have got a similar passion towards just the, the performance of some of these. And they are athletes, for want of a better word. And, and, and bef- so I, I think I know where you're going with this, Ro. So, so to give the listeners a, an idea, it's it's very much we're still focusing on how do people well, respond, react, react yeah. and respond. And, and, and actually the point, so to try and paint a picture, when I grew up, 
Formula One racing drivers were normally, you know, mid to late 20s and above. And if you were lucky, they were older generation. Yeah. It was also to do with affordability, people putting their, you know, somebody sponsored a a Formula One car company, whichever one it was, there's millions going into it. You you typically would have old, and often they would influence who, who got in to drive the cars. Now we're seeing people like, what, 19, 20, 20 years of age. I mean, these are kids. They're still really, really young. Yeah. And yet they're sat in a car which is worth millions and there's millions on the line as well as their life is on the line and the whole world is looking at, what, 20 drivers a year. 20 on, drivers on the lineup. Every single driver on the planet. I mean, 20 yeah. drivers driving a car that has the ability to go over 200 miles an hour. And one slight lack of concentration could be death at one extreme or the car is out of the race, which of course, you know, that affects- Loss of points, loss of revenue, right. like it's a knock-on effect. sponsorship and everything can drop. So their whole lives hang on the line. So I wrote some names down. Pierre Gasly is one of them. Alex Alba is another. And then Sergio Perez is another. Now, if you don't follow this, let me try and paint a picture in Harms and I can talk about this. So- Pierre Gasly, as a driver, is incredibly young. I mean, I don't know. Do you know what his age is? I think he's like... I think he was in teens and now he's very yeah, early 20s. Late, but you, late, you, you, you'll see him as a driver and you're like, okay, he's young. The guy's incredibly young. Yeah. He was one of the youngest people to, brought, to be brought into Red Bull. Now, Red, the only two racing brands that have won the world championships in terms of you know Formula One in the last 10 years is Red Bull and Mercedes. That's yeah, it. That's it. Period. So we're talking about... We're about Red Bull here. This guy comes in and they're expecting all these things of him. And he he, he did not perform, I think it was last year, at the level he should have done. And it's a case of every single race, you have to start notching it up. Yeah. They give them time, don't they? They, they understand that they're coming from Formula 2. Yep into this beast of a car. It's unbelievable. Yeah. So it's like fine-tuned reaction to every situation. Think about the world you're in. Everything's slower. Every circumstances you face, you react to those circumstances in a certain way. We've been talking about this for the last 40 minutes. We're now talking about how do you react a split second? Mm. And how does everything else that's going on in your psychology come to a point channeled through two feet, two hands, and two eyes, and two ears? That's it. There's basically two, four, six, there's eight points of contact. And you might think, where do the ears come in? Because whilst they're driving at 200 miles an hour, they're talking to an individual who is watching the other drivers and telling them you're 0.6 seconds behind this person yeah. or ahead of this person. Pick up the pace. Pick up the pace. Slow push, down. push, push. Yes. It's like going to this gear. They, they've got absolute, even down to heart rate, it's unbelievable. They can even monitor the performance of another driver and like when somebody's got their foot on the brake and off the brake. So the response time, the emotional reaction time to this is huge. You imagine someone that's carrying a little bit of sadness there or a little bit of frustration or a little bit of apathy or a little feeling of victim when you're going at 200 miles an hour and you're about to overtake somebody and your confidence is is just like one degree off. The impact is massive. And that's what we saw with Pierre Gasly. Over the year, it just got, he just didn't quite perform and he something shifted in him and he didn't make it. And they basically sidelined him. They moved him off. Now, if anybody knows anything about racing, there's uh, 
Red Bull have like a sister company called Alpha Tor, uh, Alpha Tori, Tori, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's pronounced Tori. Now this is like a lower budget Formula One car, isn't yeah. it? So it doesn't have the same performance, no nope. same power, budget, engineers. It's just a smaller team. Yeah, and and what it means is that that car just will never be able to perform at the same speed on a straight and around a bend. So he goes off for the year. He's replaced by Alex Alba. Now, if anyone doesn't know who Alex Alba, similar age group, isn't he? Yes. I mean, the two of them came up through a similar. Uh, they were racing they were together with karting and everything career, else. Yeah. Unbelievable. Again, sub twenty, early twenties, etc. Go straight into a Red Bull car, and massive expectations of him. If you remember, first three or four races, he was right up there. He was doing um, incredibly well. He challenged well. Lewis Hamilton, and Hamilton basically on one particular race, clipped him, moved across too quickly, got, I think, a five-second penalty, which is a lot, but not for Lewis Hamilton probably. But that was it. He was out of the race. He was gone. Millions of pounds worth of car. Boom, gone. Same thing you were talking about one way. I think he skidded, wasn't it? I'm he, trying to think. A pivotal moment. He skidded off the track. Just a slight decision error. Yeah. Boom. Another one, Hamilton knocked him. And throughout the year... His confidence, he, if you looked at his demeanor, if, if we described it from an ex- emotional reaction, I mean, I mean, we'll go back as a forwards, but one word for me is like almost, he, he, well, we talk about powerless, felt like he was powerless. He didn't seem to grab it, did he? Uh, he, he got quiet. He got quieter True, yeah. and quieter yeah, and quieter. Almost like a muted behavior. Muted. His he, eyes. He if, went, I, if I said to you, describe his facial demeanor, how would it be for you watching him? I, I would say uh, throughout, the, throughout the series and throughout the racing season, he stopped smiling. Yeah. And yeah. he looked like a little boy. He looked like a little he, boy. He, didn't, he had this. So he came in with this aspirational dream and he seemed to have a fire. So you're going to talk about breaking patterns, but actually got into this power of, oh my God, I, I can't seem to do this. And it, when he got into the car, even, I, I, I was what, because I mean, I, as you know, we n- neither myself or Harminda have terrestrial TV, but one of the things we like to do is watch inspiring programs through things like Netflix or whatever. And if you watch it, you actually can see race after race. He's getting less and less empowered, you isn't he? Physically, could see it. Now yeah. he's got a performance coach, and I and we were talking about this earlier on. I was thinking, what the? F- why are they not sitting him down and just giving him a bang, bang, bang conversation? Mm. He he needs to man up. He needs to find that power and that reaction, break the pattern, yeah. and shift his. It's not about the driving now. It's actually he's bringing all of that baggage. Whether it's the problem is the anger might be there, but he's not showing it. The frustration might be there. And these are these vibrational frequencies. Yeah. So it's kind of a hopeless apathy. You talk about this. Yeah. It almost felt like that watching him, didn't it? It did. And he, he Not w- that he wasn't apathetic because he's driving a car at 200 miles now. He's, he's a performer. So we're not saying he's not talented because he had the talent. He's got the technique. Amazing skill set. He would not be there. And a lovely young man as well. Exactly. And I think with all of those 20 drivers, they are all the best of the best. Right. So this is what like, we're doing. We're comparing. There's very little between them as in terms of a driving talent. They're the best of the best. The car, yes, dictates where they finish on the track, but it's their job to get the best out of the car. Now, what's the big variable? It's how they react to all the situations. And Alex Albion reacted, in my opinion, poorly uh, across the board. And it's almost, it feels like we're talking sport here, but he reacted. Like, is that, was his always his pattern? I personally don't believe so because he wouldn't have got to where he was. So, well, his okay, pattern, so that's a great point. Because his patterns changed in the negative. Because uh, you know what, I think I think it's probably a pattern that shows up in another area of his life. Could be relationships, mm. intimacy. Could be maybe a pattern that showed up in a certain part of his schooling or something like that. I don't know. If I sat down and coached him, we could probably pick that out in about five minutes. And this is actually what 
I personally think a coach or his performance coach should be doing is going back and finding out where this pattern has shown up. We've got to smash that and then break the current pattern and redirect that to another energy. Yeah. Because it, ba- it led to the point where he was making mistakes that he should never have been making. Just on, basic on. basic fundamental elements. Yeah. And it wasn't to do with his talent and skill. It's to do with how he was, was responding to all of the In external- that moment, at that speed, yeah. in that, you know, sat, sat there. So in- incredible. Now, in the, just to wrap this up, in the same series as in the 2020 series, and I made a note of this earlier on, you've got Sergio Perez, who's has been racing for Racing Point, right? which yeah. is the pink car for those of you who know anything about colors. And this guy, amazing performance, but for some reason, Racing Point decided they're going to let him go and they're bringing another driver. Well, well he, he had a, he's had a whole career in F1 yeah. uh, and he's not done. He's got plenty of years left. Like you said, Racing Point said, uh, we're just going to replace you. They wanted somebody younger. I think it was to do with sponsorship, all that kind of stuff, which you've already mentioned. Uh, but it was his last race, wasn't it? Yeah. He was like, okay, your F1 career's over and because your last and race. And so if everyone understands how this works is if there's only 20 spots in the lineup for Formula One, if there's any changing of drivers at the beginning, think about the mindset. Think about your life, by the way. Put this back to your life for a minute. If you're in life and you've got to make decisions, think how often this emotion of regret kicks in. If you wait and wait and wait and wait and wait, and then you make a decision in your 50s or 40s or 50s like me, when you know you should have made that decision 20 years ago. Mm. Same thing with Formula One. So what happened is if the if the, if the drivers hear the news that they are going to be dropped and there's only four races left, most other all the other racing brands that they've made the decision about who their right their drivers in, are in most that, most of them situations have. Yeah. unless they've got a situation as we've described where right with Red Bull where you've got Alex Albert and Albert and they're looking at him thinking you know what maybe we don't bring him back next year yeah. so in their minds they've got a gap opening up and here we've got Sergio Perez he goes out as 19 I think it was 19th position because the car span yes. he got clipped in the first bend he, yeah the car went off. He hit gravel. He managed to get off the gravel. And the video footage before the f- race was, he was like, fuck it. It's my last race. I'm going to do whatever I can to go out. I can't, I've got no one wanting to sponsor me back in. Yeah. This could be the end of my whole career. Because once you've left, you very rarely come a- back. And at the start or near the start of his last race in Formula One, he spins and he ends up at the back of the pecking line. And he said something like, because he's, because the, the vocals were on his, on his mic. He's like, fuck it, I've got nothing to lose here. Holy shit. It was like a movie, wasn't it? It was a movie. He literally, now this is the point, everybody. You've got a young man, Alex Albert, who's basically going into a hole emotionally. Here you've got Sergio Perez, who's older. Um, he's got a little bit of a, he's from Mexico, so he's got that South American type uh, kind of vibe. I just want to break back. I want to fight back. I want to do something different. And he tu- and this is a, this goes back to the sort of the solution we want to offer everyone, and that is, you sometimes have to turn your circumstances into the very reason why you want to make a change. He emotionally turned what could have been hopelessness, frustration, and like fuck it, I can't get into another racing car team right now because it's the end of the season. To I'm just going to smash this and go out and turn this total determination. Yeah, and for the whole race. He slowly worked his way up, all the way up to the whole track, didn't he? It was incredible. He Unbelievable. Just, he just overtook after overtake, after overtake, after overtake, over overtake. Where did he finish? I can't, I can't. First. Oh, my goodness. So, so he actually, yes. so basically in the last lap, yeah. he just put his balls to the line and he just went for it. And he overtook 
just before the end and he took pole position. It was incredible. And I don't think there's ever been a race quite like that. And he was in tears at the end. And here's the point, everybody. Life is about making decisions and changing your direction and having the courage to recognize what we talked about today, which is not what happened to Alex Albon. Alex Albon, who came into Red Bull last year from Formula 2, was given an opportunity of a lifetime. I mean, he could have had a whole career in Formula 1. He has just been replaced by the very same person, Sergio Perez, who thought the end of his career has happened. But because he shifted his emotional state, because he shifted his focus, because he turned that hopelessness into like determination and fuck it, I'm just going to do whatever it takes. And he was fearless. Red Bull just went, you know what? We've been watching him now for the last six or seven races. He's got the qualities. He's got the characteristics. He's got the emotional resilience and the behavioral patterns. What we need right now in our team, we don't want a young boy who has not got that fire in his belly to kick back and take this on. And Alex Alvin, I mean, he may not come back into Formula One now because there's nowhere for him to go. There's nowhere for him to go at this moment in time. But now it's his moment to respond and react to what has happened to him. Right. And he may actually end up back down with uh, Alpha Tori. He could be Possibly that's what they might do. Which means that leaves a question with Pierre Gasly. Does he then come back into Formula One? Well, well uh, with Pierre Gasly, I think it's, it's worth just rounding off the story there, which is like, because one of my questions is, does this only come with age? Does it only come, you know, we mentioned- Very good point. Point. Well, actually, no, because Pierre Gasly is, went back to Alphatori. Very true. And he is doing incredibly well. In fact, so much so that you're right. Actually, They're watching spot. him. Red Bull are watching him again. Red Bull are watching him, other companies are watching him. But also what's fascinating, he t- there was one race this season where in a car that is sub, yes. uh, sub-stand, it's like middle range. They call it midfield. Midfield, Midfield yeah. car, yeah. He actually, he actually got pole position. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, it, how he even managed to do it, I do not know. But total determination. And you can see it all the way through the race. He's like, we've got nothing to lose. He's using that kind of language. Fuck it, we're just going to focus. And he said, I'm going to turn this. Angry, and that day he drove to the track. And here's the emotional reaction: the texts were, "Red Bull aren't going to take him back. They're not interested. They're looking elsewhere." He's in his car. He's about to start a race. He's what twenty something. Alex Alba, on the other hand, emotionally gets in the car, feeling all that shit. Pierre just goes, "You know what? Got nothing to lose here." Yeah. Boom, and smashed it. Smashed it. I mean. And that's how we that's, respond. That is the analogy that anyone listening to this needs to bring into their lives. Think of yourself as a Formula One racing driver in every situation you get faced with. And you have to make a decision that you l- allow your life to pivot quickly, not slowly, quickly. What is an instant response that you can make to that mm. set of circumstances that turns it on its head so you are empowered in the cockpit of the car, if you like, as opposed to sat on the side watching the car drive by while somebody else is driving it because you feel disempowered. Agree. I, I love Sergio Perez. Sergio Perez's scenario there as an analogy for the day, for the week, for the year. When he got into that last race, oh my God, his car yeah. spun. H- how many days oh start God. like that? Yeah. Bad In news. life. You know, you get to the workplace, you get that email, you'll regret it. You don't, you don't want to see that email. That email changes the day for you. You've been sidelined. You've, the, the company's not, um, closing down or downsizing. Yeah. Your salary's been dropped, whatever. And it, or, you know, it could be as simple, simple as, you know, you sat in an hour and a half worth of traffic on the way home. Yeah. You're just about to get home and spend the evening with your family. You know, that's that spin. That's the car. And you're frustrated, angry. Or you go in and you, you you know you're just grateful that you're home and you can see your kids and yeah. have that evening with them. 
is what do you walk through the door with? Exactly. What do you choose to get into the car with and drive that race with? That you know, each day is a race around that track. How do you want to tackle it? How do you want to tackle it? So a final roundup here, because I think there's so many lessons for <laughs> listeners in what we've just described there. Yeah. Uh, and I just recommend always spend time and look at high performers. How do they come back from adversity? Yeah, you know, I mean, sport is another, you know, we, we know Steve and Roger Black. You did an interview with them last yeah. year or the year before. Both uh, represented the country. We're going to try and get them on the podcast, actually, aren't we? Uh, for, for what, 15 years each, uh, gold medals, so, sorry, uh, world championships, Olympic medals from memory, uh, incredible performers, incredible performers, and, and they, they would have gone through adversity, whether it's injury, whether it's a young athlete comes in and challenges their position, yeah. whether they got they got a, a new time to beat somebody just beat their record, like all of these things play out, and we so can take true. a lot of lessons from high performers, which is why which is why well, I think you brought that example to the table. Yeah, I mean, look, if we're looking at a formula, and you ask some some sort of formula like approach. There's several things that have come up out of the conversation. So I think the first thing to write down, everybody, is this. See it as it is, not worse than it is. So whatever the situation is that's occurring to you, don't react in any way to start with. Just simply, if you the best thing to do is take a pen out and write it down. Write down in words what exactly the circumstances feel to you as you see them. Try not to use emotion. Actually, just factually write this down. A company have told me they're laying me off. Um, in 12, uh, 12 weeks time or three months time, or I've come home and I found out my wife wants to leave me. And you just write, you have to write it down and describe how that looks from the outside. That's the first thing. So instead of you being emotionally invested in the emotion of the experience, you describe it and then ask yourself a simple question. How do I choose to react to this? That's the second part of the process. Now, one thing you can do, you talked about this, is pattern breaking. So, and, and reframing. And reframing it, yeah. yeah. So the, the, the question number two is how do I choose to respond to this is kind of, you've got several spins off the back of this, but one is reframing it. So how do you choose to paint that picture differently? So what if you rewrote that and it was like a movie, how would you describe it? Well, this is an amazing opportunity. My company have told me they're letting me go. I've been frustrated for the last two years anyway, and to the point where I've been thinking about I want to move. Now they're giving me the chance to do it. So this is painting a different picture, reframing it. And what it allows me to do is take the time to describe all the great qualities I've got. There's a few conversations I've had in the past about people that were looking for some private work. Maybe it's my opportunity to set up as a consultancy business. So, I mean, it's an example, but that is a classic example of a reframe. Is that so making sense? That makes sense. What, what's some quick action ones that somebody can take away? For example, you know, what if they are feeling anger, frustration, they're feeling that powerlessness? What is it something really quick they can do? I know you've done we'll it get to people. the break. So that's a break pattern. Yeah? Break pattern, so, yeah. so a reframe for somebody that's feeling able to do it. If not, break pattern is you have to change your physical state first. Typical way to break you, any emotion is to change your physiology. So if anger tends to get you kind of, you know, breathing, hyperventilating and, and tensing your muscles, then get outside, take a deep, slow breath, take your socks off and just run run down the garden or something. Do something that really shifts your whole focus. Because if you're walking down the garden or running down the garden half naked for the sake of argument, or when it's raining outside or whatever, or running barefoot, you naturally earth, which by the way, takes a lot of positive ions out your body and helps you earth, which is a really powerful process. But change it or put on some music that just gets mm. you really fired up or you know stick on a program or a tv that makes you laugh a comedy but do something the opposite to that emotional state yeah. if you're feeling frustrated uh, again you know the same thing start to write down 
10 things that you're grateful for. You might be frustrated about this one thing, yeah. but let's tip the balance and say, you know, if you've got kids, what are you grateful about your kids? If you're in a relationship, if you've got, if you're healthy, uh, you could be grateful for just being able to breathe and wake up in the morning. I, like choices. I know you use this phrase, Ro, uh, with somebody who you're talking to or even internally, which is, you know, if you're feeling frustrated, you know, turn that feeling, that emotion into fascination. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, have these triggers and retrain yourself to have these triggers, which is if I'm frustrated right now, let me flip that into fascination yeah. and look within myself with fascination to find out why am I frustrated? Yeah. What, what's happened here? What's going on here? Yeah. And that's a great one. It's, it's like saying, okay, so I'm feeling frustrated as opposed to, hey, Harms, I'm feeling so frustrated. Actually, you know, Harms, I'm feeling really fascinated right now. Mm. I'm fascinated that every time this happens, I react like this. What do you think? Well, if you ever see me do that and, and Hans, yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you deal with that? And then Hans goes, well, actually I used to be like that. And this is what I've learned to do. So yeah, I listened to the podcast, the Cicado yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> good point. So actually, and Hans picked up on a really good point. You know, you can just switch a word with the same letter. So turn our anger into awareness. If mm. you get angry about something, then you go, okay, have an awareness. Go, oh, wait a minute. Now I'm aware that I'm angry. What am I angry about? Is it at somebody at the circle? Is it the toilet? Is it the toilet <laughs> yeah. seat? Is, is it, it the, the person in the toilet? Yeah. And, and the minute you do that, it kind of makes it you almost comicalize it. If you can try and cartoonize your anger to go have an awareness, but do it in a funny way. I look at this crazy guy that's angry at this situation. The toilet mm. is because it's queuing up. Why do I need to get angry? You know what? Let me laugh. In fact, let me let me start. In fact, you know what? I'm going to take this opportunity, and then you break the pattern. So, so anger into awareness, frustration into fascination change the pattern or break the pattern. And you do that physiologically, um, listening to music. Uh, an easy one is just to jump up and down, vibrate. Yeah. I mean, I get a rebounder. We've got a rebounder here in the office, haven't we? Anything like that. But then ask yourself a question. How can I react differently to this? What's another way? How would harms do it? How would road do it? Think from an emotional perspective and start to shift the way you perceive that situation. A great way to do this is to be an observer of the moment. So be a silent witness, which is we've heard, we've talked about this before. Deepak Chopra has talked about this for years. Float out your body and look at yourself and imagine yourself watching yourself as, as a cartoon character, getting angry, getting frustrated, feeling down, feeling depressed, feeling sad and saying to yourself, how does that look? How could I change that? What if I added this and paint something in there to the situation? Yeah. Just reinvent the circumstances, but break the pattern. You have to put a, you know, a block in front of the lake and then redirect the flow of water into a different direction. And it has to happen quite quickly. So that pattern breaking is really the, the biggest change that has to happen in that process amazing and there's, there's a step after that but is there anything you want to talk about on the pattern break uh, i think people have got that because we've given them so many stories and examples uh, throughout this episode so what comes after breaking the pattern okay so let's say the anger's dissipated and it may only dissipate for 10 20 minutes before it comes back in we've got to break the pattern again easiest thing is to, people tend to react in the same physiological way every time if it's at home it might be in the same space kitchen if you get angry out in the kitchen where's your favorite room Favorite room is the lounge or the front deck where I sit out and look at the kids playing, mm. go outside, but move yourself to a more empowering space. And having done that, then you start to change your focus. Yeah. So now you start to ask questions like, what can I do to, to change my circumstances? How can I empower my moment? Like the car drivers, you know, they're sat there. Imagine that you're 19th in your very, you've been told you're being let go and it's your very last race yeah. of the season. And you're 19th. It's so easy to just say, Ah, fuck it. You know what? See it These were the circumstances. Yeah. I clipped a wheel and I've come off. I'm just going to let it go. Or 
what have I got to lose? Yeah. I mean, what have I got to lose? You, you, if you get a chance to watch that race, that is an inspiration to anybody. Anybody. It should be turned into a movie, that, that particular situation. So it's then cha- making that day your movie for that day. What, how can I – let me repaint this. And, and that's like, who do I need to have around me? What decisions do I need to make now? That's an important one. And what have I got control over? So when you're writing things down, a good way to do this is what is out of my control and what is in my control? Government have said lockdown has been moved back a, a month. Oh my gosh, we're going to get the family together. We're going to have this set. Of... Okay, so that's out of my control. What can I do? And then you start to act accordingly. So that I think that's the last piece of the pie is decide what you can do and make that first step in a different direction. Fantastic. One then final question just to support listeners who have really have ingrained patterns and they keep finding themselves falling back into the same pattern, same pattern, same pattern. What's a tip? What's something that they can do in order to you know, work away from uh, weakening the roots, however we want to describe it? How can they relax this really built pattern they've got? Well, I mean, it, everything we've just talked about kind of falls into that, but the pattern starts with, it's finding an emotion that is the opposite to what you're feeling. So if, for example, frustration really is something you're feeling a lot, an important question to ask yourself is, okay, I'm frustrated with this situation, but to break the pattern, first of all, breathe, change physiology, which we talked about, change your emotional state, laugh, shout, go for a run. You have to check because your body is in, I mean, if you're sitting down, stand up. If you're lying down, get up. If you're walking, run mm. if you're driving the car get out the car and talk to somebody around you or that you know that has an inspirational aspirational way of thinking listen to a podcast do something that cha- it, you've got to shift the focus that's the key thing because all the focus is inward and it's all about me and i'm feeling frustrated that's an important one and ask yourself i mean one of the biggest things i do is even on the most frustrated like if i'm doing an event for three days and i've got a tough crowd which i had recently um, I, you know, I teach because I want to be able to inspire people. I don't like teaching people. You talk about apathy. That are so apathetic. They can't even make a fucking decision about their own lives. They don't even want to be inspired. I mean, you've seen those yeah. groups. You've been with me with those yes. groups. And we're like, why are they even here? Mm. And it's so easy at that moment in time to just go, oh, I can't be bothered. You know, why am I putting all this energy into these people if they're not even coming to the table with an aspiration? And then why am I giving up my time away from my kids? Yeah. So all I do is I have a picture in my, in my mind about my kids and I'm just grateful that whilst I'm serving these people here, I get a chance as a reward at the end of the weekend, having been away, to go back and just tell them what I've been through, talk to them about you know my experience, but also just look in their eyes. So I'm just internally grateful that I have my kids there and I know that they're always going to have an unconditional love mm. and they're enthusiastic about everything they do. So I'm just, I'm just grateful that there are people in my life who are enthusiastic as opposed to focusing on the ones that aren't. So yeah. there's a personal experience of what I do to shift. But the biggest thing is change of physiology. Our physiology at a cellular level Virtually, you can tell it. If, somebody, if I said to you, look at that person over there, you know they're depressed because their shoulder's down, yeah. they're breathing, their, head, their head's leaning forward. They're just doing depression. They're doing anger. They're doing frustration. So the very first thing I'll do with anybody is I just get them. You've seen me do it. Live event. I get them on the stage. Yeah, and yeah. I, well, I get them walking up and down, don't yeah. I? Yeah. I tell them to walk around the whole audience and then to wink at people. Remember yeah. that we do? Yeah. Walking down the aisle, winking. But got the lady to give, give them a hug. Black guy that's feeling really low self-worth. They come back on the stage and they're like, bloody hell. How can you do that so quickly? That took you two minutes. 
It's got, you've had a whole lifetime of anger, self whatever it is. You just walked around 300 people. You smiled at a few people, winked at a few people, done a few high fives. You change your emotional state by changing your physiology. So yeah. you do that. Amazing. And if nothing else, pick up the phone, call five people that you know and you care about and tell them what's amazing about them. And then put the phone down, having given five people an unconditional, personal, positive message. I, can't, I challenge anybody having done that to put the phone down and go, right, where was I? Oh, yeah, I was fucking I was angry. still mad. And <laughs> <laughs> so, th that's a really uh, fantastic one to finish on because – there's no excuse. There isn't. You know, there really you know, is. That last harms. one really just I think that's a great it. message. You know, there's, there's no excuse very good, very good to point. break your own pattern. Now you have this level of awareness. That's a nice way to round it. So on that note, we've covered an incredible amount here. And the action points specifically, I'll put on the show notes. Rob. So they're at cicado.com. All the show notes are there for every single episode, specifically this. And we'll even link to a few useful things that we've mentioned today as well. So that's myself and Rose signing off. We shall see you on the next episode. Hello, it's Dr. Rowe here. Harms and I would like to both personally thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of The Cicado Show. And if you've gained just one insight, something positive that you're able to use on a personal, on a professional level to help your life and maybe other people's lives, then please complete an important action for us, which takes less than just two minutes. Please become a supporter of the podcast by going to cicado.com. And as a thank you, you'll get access to exclusive supporter perks. And don't forget to simply subscribe to the show, share this product with loved ones. And we would love if you would take a moment to give us a review and let us know just how amazing this episode was. Thanks again for listening. This is Dr. Owen Harms signing out. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>